So what I find amazing, yeah, is that yesterday it snowed. In fact, I think this morning it was snowing, right? So it's the middle of spring, almost summer. We have a lot of sun a few days before. And then all of a sudden look out the window and it's snowing. Like how crazy is that? Where are you at, man? Do you not usually England. get snow? Okay, gotcha. So it's usually just like grey rain, not a lot of snow. Yeah, so usually it's like you got your like your winter, your cold, your snow, and then it's like spring, and then it's summer. But we don't really have like sun, like 20 degrees, or whatever it was, and then it's suddenly snowing. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Like, again, rated like animals do when the temperature changes, you'd never see like that contrast between sun and snow because you would have been long gone by then. Um, so maybe it's because we've all Stayed in the same place for quite <laughs> yeah. a while now that we're seeing all this stuff, what do you reckon? Yeah, that's interesting. I've never looked at it like that. But I definitely, I like thinking back on when, you know, thinking about times when humans were more nomads. And I feel like I could, you know, get down with that life a little bit, constantly moving and going to a new place, traveling with your community it- as well. It's exciting, like going to new places, new smells, new people, um, seeing new things. Because like when animals migrate, they all migrate. Like the animals don't stay there and then the other ones migrate and they stay. No, it's like this constant flow. So you're always going to meet like new animals at each t- every time you migrate. You're always going to meet new humans every time you travel and do stuff because they're not always going to be there. And meeting new humans and connecting and hearing stories and sharing like food and like lifestyle stuff it's amazing like it is that's what life is yeah and then you you hopefully develop develop a more diverse friend group of people of different ages and different races and yeah don't get stuck in your routine so much and you're more inspired and learning from other people other cultures so many people who travel end up seeing the whole world completely different when they come back. Like people who don't versus people who do travel. It's it's amazing. Like oh, yeah. they're literally not the same person that they were when they left. Like their old friends are like, man, you've changed. And and often it changes friendship groups because you aren't that same person anymore. Because most people are made up of the same bullshit every day. And they're this traveler person who's been to Bali or whatever, Australia. And he's seen that there is more to life than just 15 miles of where I live pubs clubs friends and then that is it like there's a whole world up there think about like when I think about how many people are in China and then in America and then in Australia and then in London I'm like fuck me the world's so big and there's so many humans and every time you speak to a human you feel like you know them but you don't but because they're a human you do and that baffles me how you can like speak to anyone and you feel like they're just like a relative subject to them being a nice person of course but you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. I don't think, you know, down, down to, down to it, it, like we're not that different and hopefully there's something that we can all agree on and connect on. What countries do you think people should, should travel to? P- pardon me? What countries do you think people should travel to? Oh, well, if you are from a first world country, I think you should travel to a third world country because it will give you a different perspective on things and um, you know often we can forget how good we have it and start to complain about 
really irrelevant stuff. But when you see when you see how other people are living with so little, but uh, how you know they're how they appreciate things a lot more and their sense of family and community is so strong, it just it kind of changes can really change your perspective in a positive way. So I think that's powerful. <laughs> Yeah, so like most people, they they go to work to make money to have this car, big house, whatever, jewelry and watch. And then you go to these certain places in the world and they all live in the same village with like literally in tin shacks. And they're all cooking like massive meals for like all the other local people. They're sharing food. They're happy. They just appreciate and love life. And we're looking at them as like, like just poverty, like nothing. Look at your, you haven't even got a house. And they and you speak to them and they've got so much love and understanding yeah. and, and of the world that you look at all these people with money and you think you just do not compare in any single way. And it's like, who's wrong and who's right? Well, no one's wrong. No one's right. It's just what you're used to, which means there's no right or wrong way of how to live your life. It's just what you're used to. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to how do you feel? How does a rich man feel when he's chasing all this money because his mate's got more money and he wants to be more powerful? versus how does a lady who seems to have nothing who's cooking a massive meal of say i don't know risotto or whatever pillar some rice dish and how happy she feels well she's winning she's more happy than you are with your big house and you look mm-hmm. at her thinking oh she uh, hasn't really got a house but she's like what is a house that's all i've ever known so it doesn't exist yeah yeah like what are our values and what do we see as success in life is it money and status or is it health and you know healthy relationships (laughs) talk to me about your meditation practice what does it consist of what would you tell others um well mostly I just do a silent meditation so I'll just put on a 25 minute timer in the morning and first I'll do some breathing exercises and then just a 25-minute seated focusing on my posture, straight spine, relaxed shoulders, relaxed face, and and then just focusing my mind, and I'll start thinking, and then it's like, okay, aware that I'm thinking, coming back. Okay, I'm thinking again. Okay, aware, coming back, and then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Sometimes I'll do a guided meditation with um, a teacher I like Muji or a mantra yeah so do you think that um do you think 20 minutes is a long time like do you find that well do you find every time you do it the next day you have less thoughts coming into your head or are you saying that it's just a continuous a continuous thing you have to practice it's not like the more you meditate the less thoughts you have the next time you meditate it's just a continuous thing Do I think 20 minutes is a long time? When I first started meditating six years ago, 20 minutes would have been a really long time for me because I was in such a crazy headspace that five minutes felt like a really long time for me. But um, I think 20 minutes is a good once you get to that. And, you know, if you need to start with one minute a day, start with one minute a day. And uh, but then I think 20 minutes is a good daily practice and yeah consistency is where the benefits come in for sure five minutes does seem like forever like you could watch a whole netflix series 
and then you feel like fuck it's an hour an hour's gone by and then when you're meditating for five minutes you're looking at your clock and it's like two minutes gone like two minutes gone jesus christ it feels like ages so actually to slow down time people need to, to meditate rather than focus because there's a massive power of of meditating in terms of time like you could meditate and your time will feel so much longer whereas if everyone's always occupying time with a phone and xbox netflix or whatever then yeah it's gonna pass by because your your brain is engaged so it doesn't know it's just engaged or it's not meditation engagement it's no different and obviously there's no such thing as time it's just engaged whether it's for the whole day or 50 minutes or three hours it's just engaged meditation it's the opposite so people if they want more time they need to meditate because I realized that when I used to do five minutes it seemed like forever and then I started to do 20 minutes and I found that the longer you do it the more you are in that meditation and then you can do 50 minutes but you can't plan to do 50 minutes you're just in such a deep state of mindset that you just don't want to come out of it and it ends up being like 50 minutes and then afterwards your whole day is just like it's like you're aware before it's happening and you're hearing the sounds and like your ears ringing because you're tuning into the energies in the atmosphere and then your body goes numb and uh, like i love all that shit um yeah man do you you think like meditation is a form of religion no in terms of practice i don't think it's a form of religion no i don't really know the definition of religion but i would if anything i would say it's a well, maybe a form of spirituality, so maybe that's not too far off from what you had in mind, but um, people can use meditation for different intentions, like maybe they want to be, be more productive at work, or they want to be less of an asshole, or they want to, like, you know, connect with God more. When but, you say you do... um. When you say you, you know, like push aside the thoughts in your head when you meditate, do you find that the next day you have less thoughts or is it just continuously like pushing thoughts out? Um, like you were saying, like the uh, the more you meditate. So if you go instead of 20 minutes, if you go 50 minutes, I definitely experience more benefits, you know, from the more time that I'm practicing. So I sometimes I'll like go back a bit and just do 15 minutes a day and then I find myself um just not as present during the day and falling back into like old mental habits and you know a a version of myself that I don't really like coming out but then I'm like okay I need to fucking like step up my meditation game and then and uh the the I see the benefits for sure. I, I used to have such an active brain when I was younger and meditation literally healed me because it slowed my brain activity down to zero. Like I had no thoughts. I was in complete meditation all day for months. But there was just no brain activity and everything became clear. I was so aware. Everything was pure. Like I could tune into things before they'd even happened and I knew people were going to call me. I just, I was always acting on the instinct. So for example, if I knew my mum was going to be like, right, we're going out for dinner tonight, get ready. I'd automatically get ready because then she'd say we're going out and I would already be ready and I'd already know like, where we're going. And I had the powers of God, so obviously connected to everything or whatever, but I became so in tune to everything and everyone that I could predict things before they'd even happened. And 
I remember one time I was so focused on on the name Robin because I fell in love with this person called Robin and mm-hmm. she was on my mind and every single where I went petrol station the casino the supermarket McDonald's every time I looked at the name badge it was Robin every single person oh, wow. like eight <laughs> eight different people one after the other so McDonald's casino supermarket petrol station eight in a row Robin 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 and all I was doing was trusting my gut instinct and just flowing and driving where it took me didn't know where but obviously I was picking up the Robin signal and as I said it was amazing that was when I was so in tune to the law of attraction that I was literally putting out thoughts and then moving it was happening right away truly amazing yeah that is amazing mm-hmm. and same for same for car plates i was looking at on the car on like car registration numbers that the symbols were x a n and then if we look there's x a n car plates yeah things and it's yeah. like you it's things start to manifest themselves and synchronicities start to happen and it's it's so cool <laughs> Tell me your best law of attraction story. Oh, man. Uh, okay, well, one comes to mind that I um, I like to travel in the winter because it's super cold I'm in Canada. And so I was doing a meditation in the summer and I didn't know where I wanted to go. But I was meditating and visualizing myself uh, near a beach and... I uh, I was saying in my mind, thank you for bringing me to a space this winter where I can be near a beach and where I can uh, work using the gifts that I've been given and helping others and where I'm surrounded by beautiful jungle and hot sun and really delicious food. And I don't know, I was just like trying to, I didn't really know what I wanted but I was just kind of incorporating all these things and then I all I didn't even do much uh searching or planning but I just it all kind of fell into place and I ended up volunteering at this wellness retreat for the winter and it was all exactly the everything that I kind of included in my meditation I had this gorgeous view of the ocean and we were up on a hill within the jungle and the food was fucking amazing um when I was teaching yoga and helping out around the retreat center and I could go more into detail but yeah that that was probably the most memorable one (laughs) Let's talk about different food trucks. Most people, they just have the same old shit like McDonald's, KFC, Domino's. Let's speak about amazing food. Like, just so much food out there that it doesn't matter whether you haven't heard it before. It just tastes incredible, like lobster and crab. And, like, there's just so much food out there. Like, I just want to taste all the food (laughs) in the world before I die. Like, go to every country, every culture and have every flavour because... You're used to, like, say, your usual flavours, like, just the usual, like, I don't know, coriander, basil, whatever, paprika, cumin, whatever. Go to other parts of the world. They've got so many things you've never even heard of. And yet they have their own recipes of what mixes with what. And the flavours, like, I mean, there's so much stuff. excites the fuck out of me. It's amazing. 
what is your thoughts on um aliens living down with us oh interesting i don't know about living down with us um but i feel like when you take psychedelics it kind of connects you to that extra terrestrial world a little bit like there's a lot of people have a lot of experiences of taking psychedelics and um you know seeing things in the sky or experiencing things and obviously you might think like okay they're fucking like having hallucinations but there's interesting theories out there um who is that who is that incredible lecturer around in the 80s or 90s who spoke a lot about psychedelic mushrooms terence mckenna he had an interesting theory that uh, this mushroom itself was an alien. <laughs> that is nonsense. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Okay, I got this wrong. Not that the mushroom was an alien, but that technology could be an alien and that technology was this sort of like extraterrestrial thing and it was super intelligent and it was kind of engaging with us through as we were like engaging with it you know like on our phones and on our computers and stuff and it sounds kind of wild but i always always found that interesting (laughs) do you not think that technology is just simply our brains overthinking and creating because of the tools we have like does an alien have to have created this and then does the alien have to be human are we using a tool that another human has like an advanced human has created or has an alien different to the human species given us these tools and we're just taking advantage of it um no i think i think i'm on board with you i think it's a, a human creation of the mind and yeah but where i do you, found um, that theory interesting <laughs> where do you think that um technology is gonna go when we run out of power to power it when we run out of power to power it um, everything runs on power but it's going to become a point where it requires too much energy to, to, to keep charge of everything that requires energy and that companies aren't going to be able to make enough power to power everything in the house like everything is electricity so what happens when there's not power like where does technology go like well, magnet type of technology which is just energy and magnets or I reckon we'd shift towards, uh, hopefully, more alternative sources of power, you know, focusing more on solar and wind and those things. Do you think that you can literally create a, a machine that pulls itself along by its own magnet? So you've got a magnet on a car sort of sticking out, and then you've got another magnet on the middle of the car, and it will put, suck to the magnet which ends up pulling the car is that possible i don't know <laughs> i don't know anything about magnetic energy but do you think that people should have plants in their house like i'm, oh, I'm into nature plants but Hell it's yeah. not just about um that it looks nice it's about the calming effect on the mind and how there is oxygen coming off that yes. and Absolutely. You feel connected to nature. 
Yeah, the benefits from the oxygen, the benefits of just um, even though you're inside your house, just uh, being closer to nature in a way, um, because we're all disconnected. Well, not all of us, but a lot of us are disconnected from it. Yeah, speak for yourself, love. I certainly am not. (laughs) A lot of people, for sure. The first thing companies do when they like take over an office like for example you apply for a tv show right and they like smarten up your office to make people more productive first thing mm-hmm. they do when they go in is they put plants in because it scientifically mm-hmm. increases people's productive levels in the office so you feel connected to nature if there's plants there even if it's fake plants psychologically really you feel like <laughs> Yeah, you feel like cool. you feel like you're outdoors. They they go in, and they put loads of plants in. Like there's a prayer gun one at the moment where they just put loads of plants in. They put a swing in there, a little sleep room, so people can go and just have a little nap. Stuff like that, people take for granted. Like how much offices will be more productive if companies allowed their staff to have a nap for even 20 minutes. Like they have no idea. They're working for eight hours and you're paying them, of course, but really they're not getting anywhere. They're like they're not really progressing give them a 15 minute nap they will progress so much more that you'd end up saying come in 15 minutes later and have a lie in because they're so much more productive and I think that systems these days are having to change because everyone's going to bed later everyone needs more sleep because our brain's more active everything is more on the computer which gives us more headaches and brain activity is being used that Mm -hmm. Smart bosses will allow their staff to come in when they want, as long as they do like their eight hours, for example. So rather than like say nine till five, they can come in at say 11, as long as they do it till seven, or as long as the job gets done. And to think about how happy people would be if I woke up when they wanted and they had yeah. enough sleep. They'd be so happy. They'd walk in the office two hours after everyone gets in, like, hey guys, how are you? Do you want a coffee? And they're like, more in sharp I'm just busy hey is it rude she'd be coming like she'd be so positive and happy she'd be in a happy little space singing because she's had enough sleep and everyone else is just negative and because they've been there all morning and the productivity levels I mean Jesus Christ when I used to go to school and I remember how much lack of sleep I used to have I now think back to then as opposed to now it is crazy how I feel when I've not say seven hours as opposed to eight Imagine how people oh, get huge, less man. than that every single day. Every single day. It breaks I my mean, heart. <laughs> Christ. Right. Sleep yeah. is so powerful. Yeah, it's so powerful. So many so many problems could simply be solved with more sleep and more water. <laughs> Literally, like, the most important thing in order of what we need is sleep, um, water, and then food. Because you can go for, like, water and food for like you know a few days weeks whatever but without sleep for like 24 hours your body's like fucked you are literally fucked and um yeah obviously immune system and health and energy it's like that is the superpower to yeah. anything your emotions your yeah. focus yeah superpower for curing disease and superpower to just creating success and getting what you want because it's just like you're giving your body the power it needs physical performance yeah you're giving your body that time to rest and repair itself and regenerate and people eat so much shit and drink so much crap that that counteracts that their lack of sleep yeah so they feel like if they have a coffee then they only need seven hours 
Yeah, you, then they you get stuck in a you need to You get stuck in a vicious cycle of like not sleeping well and then relying on sugar and caffeine for your energy and then um your blood sugar, you know, being out of whack because you haven't had a good sleep and then because you are eating tons of sugar and relying on caffeine, you're not sleeping well again and it's <laughs> it's hard to get out of that cycle for I know, for example, when I have carbs or, or sugar, right, I have I have that energy that I think that's just part of part of what I've, I'm, I'm normally used to getting. But then I have the crash and, and it's significant because I'm on a ketogenic diet. Right. Oh, cool. And I notice the energy is consistent. Mm-hmm. OK, but as soon as yeah. I have like a sandwich, a sandwich, something simple like a sandwich, a bit of bread. The next day, I don't feel it that same day, but the next day I feel it because obviously <clears throat> it's using up energy already in my body, which is the sandwich from yesterday. And I feel just lethargic and shit. And it's really sick. I can't even explain the difference between having a sandwich and a bowl of nuts for lunch. Right. Mm-hmm. We feel like, OK, well, a sandwich fills me up. That's because the bread goes in your stomach. The water absorbs it and expands. So you think you're full. Right. But then it starts to break down that bread and that is just nothing there. So you're still hungry. Whereas the nuts, that takes ages to break down. And then it uses that energy the next day. And something simple like bread really affects people's energy levels. But yeah, that's the staple food. Everyone has a sandwich for lunch. Yeah. All they have is people are just a sandwich and a pack of crisps. Sandwich, what? A bit of bread and a thin piece of chicken. What the fuck mm-hmm. is that going to do? Take away that bread. Okay, when it disappears in your body, when it's absorbed with the water, you expect that tiny bit of chicken to last you all day. I'm so stupid. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's sad how like disconnected we are from just basic nutrition and knowing how to nourish ourselves properly. It's our mm. job as enlightened monks to change ourselves and then slowly gradually one by one people will be like so why do you do that how do you do that and you'll be like well you know i do this and i wake up and i meditate for 20 minutes and they're like well how do you meditate for 20 minutes and you'll be like well you just have to sit down sit up straight turn off your phone and then and yeah and eventually one by one you'll help people that you can see it doesn't matter whether you can't see them focus on the people you can see and then they'll start to change and then that is our job as enlightened beings trying to spread positive enlightenment energy yeah absolutely yogi bhajan says you should meditate every day and when you don't it's he's, he goes it's like brushing your teeth when you don't eventually someone's going to notice it's going to show up in your personality <laughs> yeah it's true show up with your breath Shoppy personality. <laughs> like when I meditate, I do really feel the difference, and when I don't, and it's just like the old days. But it's it like so it's crazy. Just ten minutes or five minutes out of the whole day, how it literally affects your mindset. Like you, don't, it's almost like you don't care about anything when you meditate. I find that I don't care. I'm just in like I'm always stepping back, looking forward. Like, do you want to go out for lunch? Yeah, no problem. I just don't care. Because yeah. I'm content and I'm happy with my frequency. Whereas when you don't meditate, you're stressed and you're worried. And then they say, do you want to go out for lunch? Like, well, I just want to fix this problem first, then I'll do it. But that never ends. That's just life. There's always something to do beforehand. And actually, meditating will cure that problem because it's that anxiousness of something is up, but I don't know. So I'm just going to 
you know, plod on. Yeah, man. You like we're thinking about ourselves more often. We're more sensitive, and um, when you meditate, um, I lost my train of thought for a second. So meditation and how. Oh, when you sorry, meditate sorry. Yeah, it came back. Day. It's not that you become complacent so much and that you don't care about things but you feel like less attached to everything you know yeah in like a, open to everything way. attached to nothing yeah that well, before? moving in that direction no i like that open to everything attached to nothing mm-hmm. so just like yes yes shall we do this yes 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 and um you do it once but you don't need to do it again because you're not attached to it so it's mm-hmm. like most people they go to the same restaurant every week or whatever same takeaway and it's like rather than oh no that's not my normal takeaway shop i need to go to this one somebody says let's try someone else okay if you ever tried this right giving up free will and then letting somebody come to you and suggest something and you can only say yes if they ask you you can't put something out so essentially you do nothing until no. your friends call you and that could be three four days later <laughs> but you can't reach out to them no seriously it's almost oh like catching up in time. This sounds like, like a ca- practice that would benefit me well because I often I'm like, I'm not so much of a planner or organizer, but I like to be in control as far as like, okay, I'm, you know, I want to choose where we're going to eat and I w- I'm picky. So I want to choose the movie. I want to make sure it's good. No, seriously, this will be um, very good because I'm a control freak too. And it's just being in control of your own life very simple as that um you should definitely do this you should essentially you're in jail right and you can't do anything until someone lets you out essentially you can't put anything out there until it comes to you so Mm -hmm. you don't make any of your family a tea until they ask you do you want a tea you don't say to your friends let's go clubbing let's go to the dinner let's go shopping let's go to the cinema until they message you right um no one reach basically you can't reach out to anyone until they message you and you can only say yes when they message you okay and when you're in the car with them for example you can't suggest let's do this let's do that they Mm. will then say do you fancy going to the cinema yes actually let's go ice skating okay actually do you know what let's go for for food first okay it's just in flow and you keep saying yes do you find when you do this practice that you're more open to spontaneity and um, makes me think of that John Lennon quote that's like life's what's happening when you're busy making plans? <laughs> yeah, so when I do that, you don't know where you're going to go because, for example, you got in that car, so let's go ice skating. And then all of a sudden he says, let's go to the cinema. So you didn't plan to go to the cinema. And then now you're at the cinema, rather than going out for dinner, you just have a hot dog for dinner because you're at the cinema. So it's like I didn't plan to get a hot dog. So basically, you have to say yes to everything. okay? and you can't do anything unless they do it first. Basically, you allow others to take the lead. Right. Because I was always leading and my friends always wait for me to take the lead, suggest what to do because they just couldn't make decisions. Right. And then they would always reach out because I'm the one who wants to do stuff. And then. I used to reach out first and I got annoyed how I was always the one in charge taking the lead. So I just didn't message anyone. And then three, four, five days would pass and they'd all, all literally 
one after the other messaged me. Do you want to do this? Yes. Do you want to do this? I can't because I'm doing this. But you don't suggest tomorrow. You just keep mm-hmm. playing ping pong and counteracting. Okay. Sorry, I can't. I'm doing this. And then you let That's them come cool, back man. to you. Yeah. Um, I, I, di- I did this and um, amazing shit happened. Like, yeah. Because, as I said, these people are usually letting you take the lead because naturally you're the better leader. Right. But when you allow them to take the lead, they doubt themselves. Because so, as I said, they're driving around. They say, let's go to cinema. OK, let's go ice skating. OK. They wait for you to suggest something else. So you take the control. OK. And then like you're queuing behind them in the in the swimming pool, for example. And they say, um, shall we go down this slide first? OK. Eventually they catch on. But they don't know <laughs> why. They, can't, they don't understand. Like something is different, but they can't mm-hmm. quite pinpoint it. It's like they know something's up but they can't work it out because it's a natural thing like leadership where you naturally listen to them um and then they say for example what's wrong is anything up with you no rather than let the conversation flow they then have to play it play it back and serve and they say mm-hmm. well, you're not being very talkative today oh i am yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mind control thing but it's really incredible because imagine that when you want something, you always put it out there. Like you constantly, you know, when you observe a particle, it becomes a wave type of thing. Pardon me? You know, when you observe something and you want something and it never works out because you're focused on it. Yeah. Uh, forcing too much, trying to make it happen when sometimes yeah, like, if you like step back and it just kind of flows into place. Exactly. So just imagine True. that when you are really wanting to go out with somebody because you're bored and you're not you're just impatient, you're agitated, you can't sit down for five minutes, you just always want to do something. You're messaging everyone, and then yeah. often, like, all of them can't do anything. They're all busy. Yeah, and so totally. you message everyone else, and they're all busy, right? So, and, like, and so you're trying to force it to happen, right? And at the same time, they know you're going to come back to them. Whereas if you just let it all go, they'll realise that person hasn't messaged you for ages. It's kind of like playing hard to get when you meet a boy or a girl, right? And you like them. You play the three-day rule where you let them message you to show you're not desperate kind of thing yeah Mm -hmm. it's a similar type of thing where you just let it come to you and then when it does you just go forward and flow and amazing stuff will happen last time I did that was like about five six years ago because I haven't got any friends anymore because I said goodbye to the ball so I can't really do that but um when I when I had people that I was growing up with who were still friendly with me I learned law of attraction I started to do it and the more I did that the more spiritually aware I became and the more out of sync I became and I had to say goodbye to them because we were just two different people and they yeah. didn't serve me any purpose anymore. It was just same bullshit, going out, just going out, like, just what are you doing? Nothing. You want to play football? All right. It's just like there's more to life than fucking doing that. Different interests. Yeah, I hear you. And it sounds like you were surrendering more to the present moment, you know, and just trusting in, in the process to kind of, like, lead you literally when i learned all this you just have to trust the process you listen to all these videos about how you say goodbye to old friends and new ones will come well you get to the point where you have said goodbye to all of them and they don't understand why so you're kind of praying that new friends come because you're going into the unknown it's like leaving a job because this other job's going to come that's better well you've no fucking idea when it's going to come and when you let go you're in the un- you're in the darkness but you're never going to get to that light unless you surrender to the darkness so you have no yeah. choice but to let go it's like you have no choice but to just trust that everything you want is going to come. 
And the only way yeah. to do that is to let go. And it is scary. But um, anyone who's on that journey realizes that it's the best. It's the feeling of when you come through and you see the light. And it's like, oh, my God, they said that would happen. And it does. Oh, my God, that's happening. Oh, my God, job offers come all over the place. And then you're so happy. And then you go out and you get more job offers. And then, like, you meet this boy. He looks at you. And it's like, well, these guys are looking at me. And then you start to, like, you know, and now you've got loads of men looking at you as before you had none because you were depressed, you were looking down, and now you're looking up and smiling. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like a flower just blossoming. So what's your story? How did you shift from um, into, you know, being interested and in having a spiritual practice? So all my life I've always, like, questioned everything to the nth degree to the point where I gave myself Tourette's, which is, like, brain activity, so you're twitching because your brain's stimulated really intensely, and the swearing is you're frustrated with, with what you're trying to work out. So I was on medication for 10 years and um, to suppress the twitching, so it's like, okay, medication works, but then when I wasn't on it, I could think again, thinking makes twitching, so it's take your tablet, so the twitching stops. Vicious cycle. So I was 20 years old, I fell in love, and then... Um, my head was a mess anyway I was on the med still I uh, learned law of attraction power of the mind it all started from this person I fell in love with she said about the Illuminati which was people at the top controlling everything right okay. and that's about you feeling like you don't have control over yourself as opposed to people controlling you and the more I looked about the Illuminati and the new world order and governments and power it linked to other videos like power of the mind law of attraction so it's the opposite it's not Illuminati devil power control it's just people who don't get it see that control but actually it's just you overcoming more aware and taking control of yourself and so I was looking at the secret of attraction power of the mind and people were saying Oprah Winfrey's part of the Illuminati Will Smith and all those types of bollocks and then you look at it from the opposite which is these are just enlightened people who've created their life through being aware and and you make money it's just how you look at it and then I went down that rabbit hole instead so rather than everyone trying to control everyone and Illuminati bollocks and the devil, you see it as, OK, these people are smart and they're wise. And you listen to more of those videos and you just do a massive YouTube rabbit hole of everything. Power of the Mind, Law of Attraction, The Secret, Quantum Physics, Bob Proctor, Bruce Lipstein, Epigenetics. And and literally, you just go down this amazing, oh, my fucking shit. Everything I've ever learned is bollocks. <laughs> Everything I've yeah. ever learned was a waste of time. Who gives a fuck about Henry VIII and with the gods in the sky? <laughs> and he just realised there's so much more. And um, and that's my story. And then I taught my parents. I spent three years not working, teaching my parents. And, um, like, teaching them all day, every day. So really? I thought when they got so pissed off with me. And then I started... Were they, to, sorry, were they open to it? Or they they were asking They had no you? choice. They had, no, they had no choice because they were going to get divorced <laughs> if I didn't anyway. So I just took it upon myself oh. to take control of their lives and um, make them all address right. all their issues and enlighten them, teach them the knowledge. And um, I essentially binned everything in the house because it was just clutter and old and part of the past. So I binned it all. And then I replaced it with new stuff. So again, it's like making room for your boyfriend to come in if you like tidy your room and you can have a double bed so now we can sleep whereas if you've got a single bed and shit all over the floor how is a boyfriend going to sleep in that bed so it's about making change and taking action and i cleared the whole loft out went to the dump a million times like went through the drawers emptied them firewood everything put it in order so now you know where you're like now you know what everything is now you've got control of your life rather than where's this where's that you know where this is, where's that? Where's the paperwork for this? It's there rather than where's the fucking paperwork? And you get stressed and start tearing things around and the people have no control over their life. And so 
I taught them and then after two or three years I moved to London because my job was done and they could now communicate and be open and talk about issues and and like you know if the toothpaste isn't on the on the, on the if the toothpaste lid isn't on the toothpaste it, it doesn't matter and if it does matter speak to each other ask why it's so important for you to have the lid on and then I'll say well it's because of this this and this and you negotiate and you come to a conclusion is it important to leave the toilet seat up or not it's not who's right or wrong you both live in the same house it's a choice but if you come to a conclusion that okay if it was built with a lid what's the fucking point of having the lid if you're gonna leave it up and at that point it's like well it's a good point actually we forget a <laughs> lid we forget a toilet without a lid or we get or we put the seat down and that's called communication and adults don't do that anymore hence why so many people end up getting divorced because they let problems just occur and they go to the pub and they moan about it with their friends like it's a big joke and then they get divorced and the kids have no parents together um everything can be changed so yeah and then i moved to london and then um the rent was too high and i moved back home with parents (laughs) (laughs) yeah i hear you man (laughs) i uh was in toronto for the past decade and also i saw the rent just completely double and yeah but your parents are together now and still absolutely yeah yeah they would have been falling back in love all because of me (laughs) wow Essentially, I got them to talk about every issue they had in their life and with each other and speak about it in front of each other. I was their therapist. I was their unpaid three-year therapist, 24-hour living therapist, right, where every time they argued, I would come out of my bedroom and say, what the fuck is going on? Tell me what the problem is. I'd make them tell me the problem. I would say court, which means we're going to court. I'm the judge and I'm listening to both sides. No one's wrong and no one's right. I go, court, now Clem, my dad's name, tell me what's happening. Mum do you agree? And I'd be the person in the middle and it'll be mum, you're wrong in this case. And or my dad, you'll be wrong in this case. What are you going to do to make this not happen again? She's your wife. You're supposed to love him. So why are you arguing at him? If you don't like it, fuck off. He keeps saying you wanted the new husband. Fuck off, divorce him right now. You know, let an animal free rather than moan about it being in a cage type of thing. You know, um, I'll make him address every issue to the point where there wasn't any issues anymore. And it mm-hmm. was just peace. And they were communicating and they were laughing and loving each other again, going back to the old days before I came along, because I destroyed it. Because when you have kids, all the energy and time goes to the kids and you forget about each other and you start to hate each other because the love stopped. And then that's where the arguments happen. Essentially, you're fighting for that love and connection again, which when you have kids goes. And and mm. unfortunately, when you get old and the kids move out, if you've not had this, if you haven't had a connection from the beginning or you don't kind of have a way to repair your marriage when the kids move out that's it you're free you now fuck off and divorce that person and leave them whereas i knew that my parents were soulmates and the only reason why they were arguing is because of me for example the energy went to me and the kids for example i had no choice but to fix it because i knew the problems because i was my mum and my dad i knew how they both thought but they didn't know how they both thought because they're not related but i was both of them so i saw how to fix it and i spent three years of my life doing it knowing that if i didn't I'd be a millionaire, but my parents wouldn't be together and it wouldn't be worth it. So I thought, well, if I'm going to do it, this is more important, the family together, and therefore the money is irrelevant. Whereas mm-hmm. if I had the money, no family, what's the fucking point? Because it was all to, all to kind of buy them, buy them a house in the first place, like move out, buy your parents a home. It would have been all for that. And it's like, well, if they're not together, what's the fucking point? So, yeah. so I spent like three years fixing the marriage and now they're back. Now they've, they've never gotten so well. I can go make my millions and then when I buy the house they'll actually be living it they get together <laughs> as opposed to two separate houses. And that's, that's my story. That's beautiful, man. 
That's really beautiful. You really like shifted things, not within your own life, but, you know, within your whole family. And now what are you focusing on? You said you want to make millions or do you have like new goals with with your intentions so, and manifestations? In three years time, I want to take over James Corden's Late Late Show and then take over the Tonight Show. So Jimmy Fallon, you know, Jimmy Fallon. So James Corden's English person. He actually lives 40 minutes away from me. He grew up 40 minutes away from me. Oh, so cool. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the connections of the energy, like the apple never falls far from the tree. So when you look at it like that, he leaves, I come back from the same energy. So obviously energy is all in the same place. Mindset, energy, that show energy is coming from like where I am, for example, if that makes sense. Um, mm. So I want to take over his talk show and the ratings will be so fucking good. Jimmy Fallon will step down coincidentally at the same time and they'll give him the Tonight Show. Okay, I'll do that for, say, six to eight years till I'm like 40. And then afterwards, I will do public speaking around the world, enlightenment, how to fix your marriage and all that nonsense. Right. How to, um, you know, uh, and then um, I'll do that for the rest of my life. And then once I've got my yacht and my boat, and my car and shit and my ha- parents are happy, then I'll just give money out to everyone. Homeless people, little Africans who haven't got a water fountain, that type of shit. And just serve humanity with all my millions like Bill Gates. Once you've got enough money, you've got your big house. What else is there to do? Serve humanity. Go and give money when there's a storm or a wildfire in Australia. Human connection. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can do when you've got to that level. Just human helping a human doesn't get better than that. Like yeah. being in a supermarket, giving somebody in front of you 20 quid to buy their shopping. Something like that. They don't need you mm-hmm. to pay for them, but it just feels great. You know? Yeah. That's going where up, real satisfaction just, comes from. Exactly. Like going up to a child and be like, here's 50 quid. And his mum's like, oh, my God, you're so lovely. Thank you so much. Like seeing a struggling mum on the street and just giving 100 quid. Like, not, not really going to do much, but gives her an extra 100 pounds now to the next day because I've given that, you know, shit like that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that's what I want, what my life to be about. But it's one before two. I can't do that unless I'm happy. So money comes first to me and then I funnel out. You know, on the plane, look after your child, put uh, put your mask on your child when the plane crashes and then put it on your child. It's not, oh, well, it's or my put child. put it on you yourself and first. then on your child. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. if you fucking die, the child's dead anyway. So at least put it on you. Your child's got 50% of survival. Obviously, it just comes down to one before two. Um, yeah, I hear that, man. It's why a lot of people are so unhappy because they're always putting everyone else first to get this feeling of, oh, you're so lovely. Thank you. That, that gratefulness back and when it's not there they are lost so they do something again and then thank you so much and then and then they go back to their feeling of i haven't got enough again stop giving out give to yourself enough so that you have enough and then you don't need it anymore then you can give out and it's only a few weeks that you got a sacrifice of being a selfish prick to everyone else just sacrifice yourself for three weeks be a selfish prick because they'll be like you're so selfish blah, blah 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 give it to you until you have enough and then give it back out. They'll soon forgive you. In fact, if she calls you a selfish prick, you don't want to, you don't even want to be be next to her anymore. She won't want to be near you anymore because you're so enlightened and you you won't be there. You just simply won't be there anymore because you'll be different two different energies. Yeah, yeah, you can't really give fully from an empty cup and you know, if you want to be fully compassionate and empathetic towards others, you it all starts with yourself. 
selfless before self no selfish you have to become selfish to become selfless mm. because you have to like it's like you want to it's like you know the nhs for example right in our country you give them protective equipment and they can save others whereas if they've not got the protective equipment and you're giving like say the vaccines to the patients well when the nurses die the patients die yeah so you have to give it to the nurses and the doctors first and even within relationships like if we're not if uh if you're looking for a relationship from a place of like i am not whole and i need someone to complete me um it's it's kind of like a desperate stance to be in whereas if you're you know living your life and you're content in yourself and you feel complete and whole and independent but you just happen to be like giving out tons of love and then you're attracting this beautiful partner to come and join you in that yeah like when you look at people these days they're so unhappy and they see like their friends with their lover only the good parts by the way they only see like the good parts of the loving relationship they don't see what happens when you are not there because everyone's at a show when you go out to dinner with your friend you're always showing the best version of yourself because you don't want your friends to see that your marriage is a shambles right so you always only see the good side of it everyone's putting on an act right so so many people they want this love to make them happy and yet they are attracting exactly the same energy that they are they are a negative fucking awful prick they're going to attract that and then they end up having an argument splitting up and it's like what did you expect that is you that is you he's arguing you argue so together you're both going to argue of course it's not going to work and that's why you have to work on yourself because Mm -hmm. unless you're whole you'll always attract a half and if you attract a half he's not a whole which means that he's not completely self-sufficient and independent and enlightened yeah and like you said we're we're not we're kind of like showing our friends and other people a version of us that we want them to see but they often don't see like the challenging uh, emotions that we go through and it's difficult for a lot of people to be vulnerable around others but if we can if we can practice being vulnerable and and then you're just encouraging inspiring others to also be vulnerable and open with you and then others are realizing that okay I'm not alone in this I I'm not crazy and neurotic because someone else is going through this as well we can take care of each other and I'm not alone yeah that's the thing everyone's trying to put on this happy face um when really no one's happy now we speak no one like everyone but it's not everyone it's just like majority of people they're not actually happy and they put on a happy face i was the same growing up i was unhappy but i had what seemed to be a happy lifestyle like loving family and shit like that but i wasn't happy with them because i didn't know how to get to where i wanted to be and your parents are full of what they've listened to their parents and the news and their friends and the neighbors and everyone that they've been around and they feed you that nonsense down and yet so that i had to change i had to prepare at my parents because i had awareness of all this knowledge and i saw that their lifestyle was like their lifestyle was because of the bullshit that they'd listened to growing up so i had to become their parents teach them and bring them up yeah it yeah, was we... war it was war 
before mm-hmm. I learned how to change the dynamics. It was war. Yeah. Arguing all the time, trying to say basically like chicken or the egg. It was a chicken. No, it was the egg. It was a chicken. No, it was the egg. It was arguments all the time. And I realized I'm trying to teach them something that they don't understand. And they're the parents that expected me to listen to them, but I know that they're wrong. And it was just like this you kit a brick wall and you just like a bird in the ceiling and falling back down it flies up again has to learn this lesson i realized i had to go round had to go round look within the glass ceiling and understand why they don't understand and then pull them up and and that is what i did and um yeah it's everywhere you look what's amazing when i podcast a loads of people around the world it seems to be a humanity thing where everyone has the same issues and it's all to do with being trapped inside yourself and it's the same answer solution to everyone Mm -hmm. and like you said we it's up to us sometimes to like break those ancestral patterns that just keep continuing and continuing through families ancestral it's a great word it's true (laughs) yeah it's like i'm the mother you should be listening to me like you don't know shit because your doc your doctor was a retard he doesn't know what the fuck he's on about okay i am the person who knows what i'm on about i'm not a doctor but the doctor learned from a professor who learned from someone off youtube back in his day who then taught a class full of people i'm that professor okay because i've learned from the same professor you know what i mean everyone's learned from somebody and there's no right or wrong it's just what was believed back then so like eventually a professor has to learn from someone who's learned from someone who's learned from someone eventually someone has to make that shit up you know what i mean eventually someone would have had to make it up unless Mm -hmm. you go back to like being a mosquito like millions of years ago and like you know it has to have come from somewhere and information changes rapidly but yet the speed in which it takes to get into like you know education system and shit like that 50 years time too late everyone's died of cancer believing it's a real thing and it's not it's you eating and drinking and not being happy and not getting sleep and exercising because why well, you've got a disease like that but you, that point is that they're dead by the time they find out or it comes on the news breaking news genes are controlled by thoughts and environments and not hereditary oh well half the population has died by then you know what i mean it's just mm. the way it is yeah Right. Um, do you want to talk about anything else or um, any specific nothing, topic? Nothing specific. I'm like, I'm super inspired by the shift that you created in your family. Because I, I think, you know, if I think about helping others, um, I often feel like just changing, changing our own ourselves and our own habits will hopefully inspire others on their own journey to make changes but you just fucking got right in there with your parents and now this is the thing right because I'm very strong-minded and my parents are equally strong-minded so -hmm. you can't tell me what to do you certainly can't tell them what to do Mm -hmm. I had to fucking force it I had to do it like I had to force if you can't reason use force type of thing I had no choice right because if I didn't well they would have fucking got divorced right I had yeah. to force it. There was arguments. There was, I, I was a fucking, I, it, was, it was hell. Fucking hell. It was like, you're going to make us get divorced. Well, it's like you were going to get divorced anyway. Right. So I had nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose. Right. Um, made them face each other's fears and what they said behind each other's back. So there you become aware of, it becomes real. Like nothing's real anymore. I unfiltered everything. So I had to force change because they would never have done it. Like, you know, like a strong minded person 
he doesn't want to be influenced or told what to do. He has to come around himself. Because just imagine that you're saying, look, you should ought to sell this product in your shop. And then three weeks time, he's like, yeah, you're right. Imagine me saying that you've got to sell a 50,000 products. Well, you're going to be dead by the time you come around to all of them. I can't wait for my parents to, I can't lead an example and wait for my parents to notice that, notice that, notice that, notice that. I had to force, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> I had to do them all, like, bang, 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 bang. I had to do them all. Otherwise, it just would have, I would have died before, you know, they died. We hadn't done it. I had to force it. I had to force it all to happen. Um, As I said, sometimes you have to use force. Again, you can't force other people. One, because you'll go to jail because they're not family. Two, you can't force people to do stuff. Three, unless you're there constantly mentoring them, they'll just relapse. So you have to go the whole way. As for me, it took three years not being at home waiting for them to go to work going in the loft binning it buying new stuff or changing the clocks so they'd become more aware something else i used to do i used to change all the clocks to make them more aware and so now they would kind of be aware that i was changing clocks and then i would move the picture frame and i'd change the pictures around and then they would notice that the pictures have been changed and so it was like stop fucking rearranging my house actually it was all psychology because i wanted them to be aware and the more i changed stuff the more aware they became and then it became a game which is i know you've moved that i know you've done that i know you've done that so it became a game so yeah. rather than I'm trying to take control, I took control so they would take control. And now it came to a point where my mum knew where every single thing was in this house. I could see where's the screwdriver, that drawer, where's that photo, there, where was that, there, yeah. where's this, there, where's <laughs> the beans, there, which cupboard. I was like, it was like a game, a mental game. Like, like it, I, I, it made my mum so aware and she had mm-hmm. so much control by me taking control and then stepping down gradually. So I take control and I gradually step down as she steps up. And um, essentially, mm-hmm. it's about having control in the right way, because it was yeah. controlled in the wrong way. And maybe me. not control, but maybe action. Yeah, and, yeah, it's not yeah. control. It's about it's about getting what you want. But um, yeah, it, I mean, I want to want to write a film about this, so I, I want to have a film. Well, mm-hmm. I'll play the child. I'll play the adult. I'll play me in my head having the epiphany. I'll play the parents. I'll, I'm going to act out. I'm going to play all the parts. But I've I've already visioned a film and a book. It will sell for millions, of awesome. but anyway. Um, <laughs> well, I look but, forward yeah. to seeing you on the talk show one day. Thanks for sharing all your stories with me. Uh, do you want to do you want to quickly like plug any websites, any social medias you want to do before um, we depart? Yeah, I got a I got an Instagram account, so I sell organic um, edibles, and I'm a holistic nutritionist, and I just post kind of like random natural remedies and recipes on there. It's snack cakes t-o amazing you sounded like um courtney kardashian then <laughs> really courtney C- courtney kardashian yeah you know she is no kardashians i know the kardashians i didn't know there was a courtney yeah courtney's one of the sisters she's the older sister oh okay <laughs> you just sounded like anyway canadians always sound american and they're like no we're not fucking american we're canadian <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll take that. I like their accent better, so thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna press stop and I'm gonna say goodbye, right? Wait there. Okay.